This episode of Watching the Throne is brought to you by you, the listener. We've chosen to keep the show ad-free and only ask for something small in return. Please head to iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. Those reviews really help with our exposure. And if you'd like to make a small monetary contribution, head to patreon.com slash Podcast, where you can donate increments of as small as $1 per month. Thank you so much, and stay wavy. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and today we are doing a story with Kish Lal. Kish, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to everybody? Okay. Um, hey, my name is Kish. I'm from Australia. Um, I'm a huge Kanye fan. I'm a writer. I'm a DJ. Um, I used to have my own podcast, so hopefully I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, um, I just kind of do those things in, in between just like thinking about Kanye all day. Um, you know, (laughs) I, I'm a writer, so I try and pitch as much Kanye content as I can because it's the easiest stuff to write. Hell yeah. (laughs) I think I managed to get at least five Kanye articles out last year. So, you know, going to go for six this year. So... I like that because by the end of your career, you might have a year where you're like, I wrote 50 Kanye articles this year. <laughs> I really hope so. Maybe I can like put them in a book uh, when I'm like 50 and just feel like when I'm still a huge Kanye stan, still wearing a Pablo shirt. Um, <laughs> and yeah, all my work will just be about Kanye. It'll be great. I, uh, I read your review of Jay-Z's 444. And it was oh. <laughs> cracking me up how, like, midway through the review, it's just like, okay, the Kanye slander it just talks about, like, the Kanye disses. And I'm like, yes, finally somebody that realizes there's more Kanye disses than just on the one track. There's other tracks that have them. Yeah, there's so many tracks where he disses Kanye. And I just thought it was so shady. It's like, hey, Jay-Z, stop trying to act like you're mature and, like... I don't know, the chill one, I think he, oh, it just made me really mad how he just dragged Kanye and I feel like he's going to regret it, you know. Um, yeah. What a sad he was state just of affairs. Yeah, and I feel like he was just using Kanye to sell, to make numbers, you know. But that's just my opinion. I'm not a huge Jay-Z fan, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what, he's a he's a businessman. He would it, uh, would he do something like that? <laughs> Yeah, he's a businessman. Of course he would. <laughs> like, Jay-Z, oh, I don't want this to turn into something about Jay-Z, but Jay-Z is not interesting enough to carry an album. I don't know. Like, he, he had to use Beyonce and Kanye to sell 444, but that's just my hot take. Ooh, that is a hot take. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Well, so when did, when did you first become a Kanye fan to the point where, you know, you're thinking about Kanye all day, writing articles about Kanye? Yeah, my, like, Kanye fandom has been, like, kind of wild. I think 
I was trying to think of when I became a Kanye fan, like a few months ago, just randomly. I'm like, when did it all start? And I think <laughs> it was, <laughs> I think it was when Slow Jams dropped, because I distinctly remember hearing Twister on the song, and he rapped so fast, and my kid brain was just like, whoa, that's amazing. <laughs> And I thought the litmus test for being the best rapper was who could rap the fastest. And I used to just walk around and tell my friends, I'm like, yeah, Twister's the best rapper alive, guys. Like, <laughs> it's wild. He raps so fast. And I remember being obsessed with Slow Jam. So I think, yeah, when Slow Jams dropped, I think that's when I started to become a Kanye fan. And I used to tell my friends about Kanye, but I was calling him Kane West, which is so embarrassing. <laughs> but I was telling my friends, hey, you know, this is this guy called Kane West. He's so cool. Um, so that would have been around, oh, what year would that have been? Uh, that like, song came out 2004. Okay. So, yeah, 2004 is when it all started. Damn. And I would have been pretty young. But... Um, yeah, I think I like stayed a Kanye fan for like a few years after that, but uh, it's so sad. He lost me. Well, I, he didn't lose me. I lost my way. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I became a huge like house and techno fan. Like I was a bit of a chin stroker for a few years, and I stopped listening to hip hop. Mm. And with that, I stopped listening to Kanye. And I remember when he released Graduation and he released Stronger, I was a huge Daft Punk fan. And I was really mad at Kanye <laughs> for making a song with Daft Punk. And I was just like, oh, I can't believe he's doing that. It's such a cheap move. And then it was so devastating. Like, I came back for 808s for, like, a hot sec. But then I totally missed, like, the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy period. Oh, which is, like, the worst time to not be a Kanye fan, right? Especially yeah. when you come back. Ugh. So, like, Yeezus drew me in because, like, he worked with a lot of, um, like, house producers and electronic producers. And I was like, oh, cool, Kanye, yeah, you've, like, piqued my interest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I actually had to go back after Yeezus and listen to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Um which is really devastating. So I've had like a really traumatic <laughs> or just a really dramatic, I think, um, Kanye fandom, which is probably why I'm trying to make up with it, make up for it by writing an article every second month about him, <laughs> like paying my penance for, you know, losing my way. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. I think it all started with slow jam. But so, Oh, wow. That's, an interesting arc when so slow jams and late registration come out were you listening to just the singles were you listening to the albums or was it just kind of uh like were you fully invested in the music or just some of the songs that you were hearing i think i was probably just like a singles person um i was really young so right i was just like like, like downloading stuff from um probably like limewire or whatever i was using then <laughs> like bear share or whichever like unhinged like platform I was just ripping music off but yeah I just remember just finding an affinity with Kanye but yeah it wasn't as deep as it is now obviously yeah but 
I remember listening to like Jesus Walks and being like, whoa, this is amazing. What is it? And listening <laughs> to it like on repeat on the way to school on like my iPod or Discman. Can't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever I was using at the time. But yeah, definitely like I remember the college dropout and late registration being really important to me when I was younger. It's so you had mentioned getting into house music and uh, that style of things. When you went back and started listening to Yeezus, did it feel, were you back to listening to rap and hip hop in general at that point? Or was it something to where uh, you still were really into the, the house segment of things and Yeezus kind of drew you back in? Yeah. So like Yeezus kind of drew me back in. It's kind of wild. Um, I was dating this guy and he was really into hip hop and I was really into house and techno. Um, and we both like really clash about music <laughs> all the time. Um, cause we both had really strong opinions on music. And then he was really excited about Yeezus dropping. And I was like, Oh, you know, I used to love Kanye, but I don't know, not really for me anymore. And he started telling me about everyone that had been working on the album or had been rumored to be working on the album. It's like guys like Hudson Mohawk and Saffelstein, um, and I was really huge fans of their music, so I was just like, okay, I'll give Yeezus a try. And then everything kind of culminated because when he released Bound 2, I was like also in my obsession with Kim Kardashian, and I was like, okay, um, all the pieces started just like fitting together, and then all of a sudden, I was just like, I stopped listening to House and Techno, and I just kind of came back around, like did a full 180 and came back around to like hip-hop because I used to listen to so much hip-hop as a kid it was all I listened to and I don't know what happened maybe I just went to like one too many like house clubs and <laughs> <laughs> lost my way but yeah Jesus like kind of brought me back to hip-hop which is kind of wild but obviously like Jesus is incredible yeah um, so if any album was gonna do it it was gonna be Jesus you know <laughs> was it a uh... What was it about Yeezus that kind of jumped out to you? Um, was it the lyrics, soundscape, um, the Bound 2 music video? Oh, the Bound 2 music video, honestly, like, put it in the MoMA, like, as a permanent display. <laughs> it's so incredible. Um, I remember when Kanye did the Yeezus tour in Australia, um, he did a pop-up store, and the motorbike from the video clip was in the middle of the pop-up store. Yeah, and I remember, like, all my friends just trying to take the perfect photo of me and my boyfriend at the time, trying to, like, recreate the <laughs> music video. <laughs> um, uh, I've, yeah, not not so cute. Uh, we probably made um, a huge mess. But, yeah, it was just so many things, you know. It sounded incredible. It's timeless. Like, I wasn't one of those people that heard Yeezus and was like, oh, this is weird, like a lot of people did. Because I was already, I'd already been away from Kanye for so long that I didn't have any expectations, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. And yeah, it just kind of had the grittiness of techno. And he was doing so many things on Yeezus, you know. It wasn't like it's, it's a hip hop album, but it also isn't a hip hop album. It's just like, I don't know, it doesn't even fit a genre really. Um, 
Oh, I sound like such a Kanye stan because I am. But <laughs> it's just so perfect. It's just like everything you probably like want from an album when you just have no expectations. It's just so good. So like I had no expectations. I expected to hate it. And just everything that came out of it was just like, whoa, this is cool. Like, And he just he cares so much about everything. So aesthetically, it was amazing with every video. Um Sonically, it was just like nothing we'd ever heard before from Kanye. And yeah, it really hit me. So yeah, it's definitely my favorite Kanye album, I'd say, for sure. Hell yeah. I'm just thinking about like being in a position of not really listening to Kanye for years and years and especially missing out on the entirety of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Oh, and then so devastating. <laughs> hearing like the on-site intro for the first time. Mm. And what that experience must have been like. Ooh. Ooh. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Right? Like, even sometimes I'll just be walking down the street and I'll just put on Yeezus and just, yeah, that on-site, like, intro. It's just like, oh, it's just like, gives me a tingle, like, down my spine. <laughs> um, it's just like, yeah. It's kind of, like, devastating I missed out on um, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy because it's, like, arguably one of his, like, they're all good albums, but, like, that was such a huge album. Mm. Um, it was perfect. And I'm so devastated I missed out on enjoying that with everyone, you know? Yeah, the Good Friday releases and... Yeah, like, I really missed out on this, like, amazing period of Kanye. Um, and I've just had to go back and revisit it. But, you know, it's like, it's like you know, in rom-coms when they're, like, there's a relationship and then they just don't see each other for a while and they come back and it's perfect because they've like lived their lives and they've got all these like new life experiences. That's yeah. how I feel about being a Kanye fan. Like maybe I needed to not be a fan for a couple of years and now I can like appreciate it with all my heart. Yeah. That's, that's right. You had to, you had to go out, find your way and all paths led back to Kanye. Exactly. I do sound unhinged. Um. <laughs> now, to me, it sounds perfectly sane. Like, yes, I, I get it. Thanks, Chris. I get it. <laughs> um, what was your impression then when you went back and listened to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? Yeah, I remember someone showing me Blame Game. Mm. Uh, and I'd never heard it. It was like maybe like a year or two after the album had dropped. Um yeah, it would have been like two or three years after the album dropped. And I heard Blame Game. And I heard the outro with Chris Rock. <laughs> and I was just like cackling. I'm like, what is this? Like, <laughs> I think I have to listen to this album. And I went back and I was like, I knew the singles just because it's like, it's almost impossible to avoid Kanye singles if you just live in the world. <laughs> um, right. You know what I mean? Try you not to miss hear power. Right? It's impossible. It's in every trailer. It's in every ad. Um, and my beautiful dark interested fantasy, there was so much, so many like huge singles. And Kanye does such a good job of making what I like to call like trailer music or ad music, where like he just transports people to like these big cathartic moments in his music. Um, so like I heard like Power and like All of the Lights. But to go back and listen to the album tracks, I was like, oh, shit, I really missed out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like sucks that I don't have 
these like amazing memories attached to songs on that album. Well, I kind of do. They're just kind of like embarrassingly belated memories of me listening to it in like 2013 or 2014. <laughs> but yeah, it's perfect. And I, I get why now that everyone was like a bit freaked out by Yeezus. But for me, it just wasn't the same thing. Because like, yeah. Yeezus is almost the perfect album to come after 808s. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. But yes. I get why, yeah. Also another perfect album. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard pressed to find an album that isn't great. Yeah. Were you, uh, were you immediately on board with the life of Pablo as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so because I live in Australia, <laughs> everything's a little bit harder to access and all the time <laughs> differences are a bit like yeah. not in our favor, you know? Um, and when he was doing, when he did the show at Madison Square Garden, Madison, yeah, I said that yeah. right. Um, they were like showing it at like cinemas in Australia. So you'd buy like a $15 ticket and go see it. So I woke up at like 6.30, 7 a.m. to go to like the movies <laughs> <laughs> on my own, wearing like my best all beige outfit um, with like, like a breakfast smoothie and I was sitting in the cinema on my own surrounded by like teens who like clearly skipped school to watch, (laughs) (laughs) to watch this and like to listen to life of Pablo. And it was just kind of a wild way to like listen to the album for the first time. Cause like I was looking around the cinema and like kind of spotting the weirdos who had come on their own as well. And like, they were all just like excited and kind of like dancing in their seat. Cause like <laughs> we had nothing to lose. We already looked like stands. Um, yeah. So like hearing it like that was really funny. Um, and yeah, I was immediately on board. Like it was perfect. It was a gospel album. Well, like it's not a gospel album, but there's so many gospel elements. It was kind of like nice to hear that when you're like half awake in a, really weird situation <laughs> like seven in the morning all the way in Australia. But yeah, it's definitely on board immediately. How about you? Did you like love the life of Pablo straight away? You know, I, I was also in the movie theater at the exact same time you were watching, nice. uh, <laughs> watching, um, and people were dancing as well. I, I remember being, I always get nervous before every Kanye album comes out. Cause I'm like, what if this is the one I don't cherish with all my heart? And <laughs> It's uh, when Ultra Light Beam started playing, it felt like being in a car that was going like 10 miles an hour and suddenly was going 150 miles an hour. Like, I'm just gripping onto the yeah. armrests, like, back, like, pushing back against my seat, almost overwhelmed by the music. Like, yeah, this totally. Is, this is happening. Like, and especially when the choir came in. Uh, oh, ooh. Um, but <laughs> you know, it was hard to hear some of the lyrics. And when I first heard uh, the Taylor Swift line and hearing like the bleached asshole line for the first time <laughs> and some of the others, I started to get I, I left the theater a little unsure of how I was going to feel about the album. Right. Yeah. And uh, I was like, is this just going to be some like superficial sexual lyrics uh, that don't necessarily have the depth that I've come to expect from a Kanye album. And thankfully once the album dropped and I got to like sit down with it and listen, I was like, Oh no, I see, I see what these are 
doing now and the purpose and like this is the Kanye album that I hoped for and at, at this point it's, it's like my that and Yeezus constantly switch between my favorite Kanye album um right yeah Life of Pablo has like it is like kind of um I'm gonna say cheesy but not even like in a negative way it's cheesy in like the perfect way where it's like easy to listen to it's like kind of brings you up I think when you listen to it mm-hmm um yeah i remember like hearing lyrics like that and just being like in the cinema just like laughing like i was kind of like watching a movie like i was sitting there laughing out loud (laughs) and like bopping my head um it was great and my favorite moment from that was like when he came out with his laptop under his arm and he just couldn't get the like the thing to work he was like you know fumbling around with like a wire or something when he tried to put into his laptop I was just like, oh, this is such a cute moment, but we're all so nervous for you, Kanye. Like, we need this to go smoothly. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? It's like, on on the one hand, you want to be infinitely patient. On the other hand, you're just like, get get it? Get it? it like, yeah. <laughs> go start. <laughs> Where are the tech people? Where are they? Like, yeah, you have, to have, you have to have some, like, grade A tech people there. Like, get them, get them going. Get yeah, but done. yeah, that was such a huge moment. Um, I love that you saw it in the movie theater as well. Like, I've spoken to like other Kanye fans, and they've been like, "Oh, I didn't want to see it at the movies because I thought it'd be like I wanted to sit down with the album, and I didn't want to be surrounded by like a bunch of like annoying Kanye fans <laughs> and strangers." But I kind of love that I have that experience. It's just so silly and like not something that many other artists or like fans of other artists can say they did, you know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, it made me really happy to go and like you, I just went by myself. Mm. There's nobody else there with me. I'm kind of walking around like, okay, this person has like a Kanye shirt on. I feel safe. Like this person (laughs) has a Kanye shirt on. Okay. Okay. There are a lot of us just like, these these loners here to watch Kanye. Right, yeah, because I remember when the tickets came out, I'm like, I'm not waiting for my friends to get back to me about whether or not they like want to go. I'm just going to fucking do this, like, whatever. Hell yeah. Um, and I just did it. Plus, my friends have real jobs. They're not going to skip work <laughs> <laughs> um, to, like, come see Kanye. But, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, they'd be like, Kish, Kish, I... I I go to into work at eight. No. And you're like, well, f- fine. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, fuck this. I'm like, just going to buy a ticket, sit there with a smoothie. Um, and yeah, it was really cute. I was like surrounded by these like teen girls that were clearly just like Kylie Jenner fans. Cause they gasped when like the camera would go to the Kardashians. And I was just like, that's such a weird way to experience this. Just being like a Kylie Jenner fan being here in the morning for this thing kind of wild that's a super fan like i'm yeah. a big kanye fan but if like kylie jenner is doing something i'm not like such a kanye fan that i'm gonna go watch like a kylie jenner thing because kanye might be there right yeah <laughs> wow well so you said that you uh you've been a kim kardashian fan for a while yeah like Kind of in the same way I wasn't a Kanye fan for a second. I used to think the Kardashians, I used to have that really boring opinion of the Kardashians where I was like, oh, who are they? Why are they famous? 
But then I watched one episode of Keeping Up the Kardashians <laughs> and everything changed. I was like, oh my God, they're so funny. And I just want to know more about them. And then, yeah, I became a huge Kim Kardashian fan as a result. Nice. And it was like kind of weird. They like kind of started dating or, yeah, started dating around the time Yeezus came out. So it was just like... I became a Kim Kardashian fan, I became a Kanye fan, then I became a fan of both of them all at the same time. Worked out perfectly, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But That's like, uh, they're just kind of combining powers, and you're like, you each drew me in separately, and now here I am, loving you as an item. Yeah, and I do love them. I love them together. They're the perfect couple. They make me believe in love. Um <laughs> I'm a huge North and Saint fan as well, you know. Yeah, I've never I just been love in, that. I've never been invested in celebrity children before and yet like I can't wait to watch North just conquer the world and <laughs> Saints as well, but North just seems like Oh yeah, North is going to be that bitch and like <laughs> can't wait to see that happen. Um and Saint, oh, so cute. Has already got like that cute mean face that Kanye has <laughs> oh so perfect yeah yeah I've never been that invested in celebrity children either but I'm obsessed with them like my phone background is like Kanye and Northwest it's like ridiculous uh, <laughs> is it is it the one where they're like asleep on the couch together um no it's like them both grimacing like the same face <laughs> I love that uh, <laughs> yeah I like what Kim said that uh North is more like Kanye and Saints more like her. Yeah, so sweet. Oh my god, now we're just talking about that family and how cute they are, but so cute. <laughs> yeah, just so sweet. And it's just like Kanye's a dad is just one of the cutest things ever. Like him falling asleep with North and like just doing just like even dressing like a dad. It just warms my heart so much. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't have to be the fashion thriller all the time. Like, Dad Ye is still very fashionable. Oh, Dad Ye is fashion goals. Like, seeing him in a dad fit but still knowing it's all Yeezy is just... Oh, I just can't think of anything better that exists in this world, honestly. <laughs> like, when You're a fan of uh, Kanye as a, as a fashionista, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that did you were you paying attention to any of his fashion stuff uh, prior to coming back after after Jesus or was it something that you were kind of paying attention to separately? Um, I think it's definitely something that like I started paying attention to after Jesus. Like, I kind of like always. I think the more I became interested in fashion, the more I noticed Kanye as a fashionista. Kind of hate that word, but, you know, <laughs> also it's the only, it feels like the only appropriate word. But, yeah, so the more I became interested in fashion, it's just like the kind of fashion I was interested in Kanye was doing. Um, but I just, like, I love his designs. I love how simple they are. And I think he's just... A marketing genius in like he knows what he's gonna do is going to sell and is going to like if you look at any chain store 
the color palette is all Yeezy palette. It's all khakis, beiges, mm-hmm. um, like dusty reds. And he just did that. And he got so much flack for his designs. Um, and he just constantly was saying, you know, I know what I'm doing. And people are just like, no, Kanye, you're being like a, you know, an idiot again. And it's just like, ugh. Um, <laughs> but you like literally mums are in Yeezy palette and they don't even know it, you know. It's just where, <laughs> like his influence on the fashion, he doesn't get enough credit for, I don't think. Yeah, I, um, I remember. he's doing it for a while. I remember walking into a, an H&M like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And looking around and being like, the entire like men's section over there has the like Kanye color palette. Right. It's insane, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, wow. Like, I wow. remember when um, season three dropped and I really wanted to start dressing in like all beige and like, um, <laughs> because I couldn't afford Yeezy. So I was like, oh, I'll just go to Target and try and find the same pieces. Impossible to find anything in that color palette. And literally, like, six months later, it was, like, all you could buy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but it's incredible. And he's, like, he's just stuck to that color palette. Um, and I love his most recent campaign. I think it's season five. Uh, the one where he had Kim season model? Six? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, six, six. Season six. Six. Ugh, I'm so off. But, <laughs> yes, his season six campaign is just, like... It seems so, I don't know, like even a non, it feels like a non-campaign, but yeah. it was just so amazing, like sending Kim out to get like ice cream at McDonald's, but her wearing like a full Yeezy outfit. It's just like, oh, genius, perfect. How do you do it? I loved it <laughs> so much. <laughs> That's one of the things that I think works so well between them is just like, that them as a couple is perfect because that's something Kim loves to do and that's something Kanye loves to do and he's able to have like his model wife model his clothes in just the day-to-day way that the Kardashians kind of are known for and famous for yeah and he knew she was going to get photographed because she gets photographed everywhere she goes he didn't need to pay a single photographer it was like almost in a way the cheapest campaign as well um yeah it was so smart and i love the way they bounce off each other um the way like one of them can be introverted and the other one will take the floor and will just swap sometimes and then when they're both like on the same level sometimes when they're both in the spotlight it's just like the best. Everyone's so excited. Everyone's constantly talking about them. And I think they just like balance each other out so well. Yeah, it makes me happy. I have a bet with my girlfriend. She's like, I, I bet they're divorced in three years. And I was like, how oh. dare you? One, <laughs> one, how dare you? Right. <laughs> and two, I will gladly take that bet. Like, <laughs> gladly. So that was, that was, uh, 2016 i think that bet came out or 2017 oh all right yeah she's not doing well um (laughs) no i'm feeling pretty good yeah i think they're gonna like last i mean they just seem so perfect for each other and the fact that he was in love with her for so long i love that so much um i think like my favorite thing is listening to like old kanye tracks and even if they weren't about kim being like ah 
he's talking about Kim here. (laughs) (laughs) Even just for myself, just because, like, yeah, I love them together so much. And they're going to last forever. Like, they make me believe in love, you know? (laughs) Was it uh, Diplo that was telling the story recently for some... I think it's like a TBS has an animated storyteller thing that they do. And oh, right. I think it was Diplo telling a story about how he went to work on a, a track for Watch the Throne. And it was at a hotel and Kanye had rented out a bunch of rooms. And it's just a bunch of people like hanging out. And in each room, somebody's working on a specific song. And that's insane. I haven't heard this. I need to go look this up. But go was, on. It was really cool. So he talks about how like it was just a strange collection of people and how like the Olsen twins were there. And uh or maybe it was Jesus <laughs> that they were working no. Watch the throne. And, okay. and Kim Kardashian showed up at one point and she left and Kanye looks around the room after she leaves and is like, I'm gonna marry her one day. Oh my god. And they weren't uh. even dating. <laughs> <laughs> that's so amazing oh i love this story so much yeah, yeah. but they're obviously gonna be together forever like anyone that says otherwise is just a curmudgeon about love honestly just a grinch um <laughs> like i hate seeing like those tabloid covers and magazine covers that are just constantly like kim and kanye's like $30 million divorce and it's just like mm, you really got to come up with something new because one it's not happening and two we're all bored of the lies you know <laughs> we know this isn't happening um we see the Kanye like the photos of Kanye like smiling and like you know walking around with North and them going on family vacays they're just so cute together why would we want them to fall apart when they're just having so much fun yeah, some people, you know, they just, they view celebrities as fodder for clicks and money. Ugh, fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I actually, I found myself today, like, being really happy that the website Gossip Cop exists and just going through their list of Kanye stories where they're like, false, 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 like, Hollywood <laughs> life, more like Hollywood lie. <laughs> Love, that's great. Yeah, it's just like, I guess like being married to Kim would just mean, you know, well, there's like lies about the Kardashians constantly, um, but which is like, you know, I guess it comes with the territory, but it is a bit exhausting because, you know, Kanye doesn't deserve that. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm saying the Kardashians do either, but um I was just think it must be so wild to write for like a tabloid or like to write for something like, I can't even think of the names of the magazine, but like people is people a tabloid. Uh, people was daily like mail. A, a, I don't know. A regular magazine for a while that had more like sourced gossip. I think it was yeah. almost like the controlled leaks. Were, controlled. Leaks. <laughs> Uh, I like that. Like an official an official leak magazine where uh, as opposed to like tabloids, but I think some of their online yeah. stuff can be as gossipy now as like Daily Mail or Radar or Hollywood Life. Yeah, everyone's just kind of lost the plot now cuz like the gloves are off, you can just kind of like publish anything. <laughs> right. Um yeah, it's just like weird. 
that's uh, the world is burning. That's what I loved about the famous music video. I know that got a lot of flack because people are like, "Oh, naked wax figures in bed." Taylor Swift, how dare he? But yeah, <laughs> the video's commentary on like celebrities being in bed together and like us viewing them and kind of the media and the public like viewing these people at their most vulnerable and infringing on their privacy like that was so crazy to me yeah i love that it was so genius um and yeah just like commenting on something like that in such a way that just it said so much but did so little and yeah, I guess it was kind of fucked that he just had, like, wax figures of Taylor and, like, other people that probably were up there without their permission. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, you yeah, know, Kanye can make mistakes, but I still think that video is great, you know. Yeah, it gets, in, for it. it gets into the conversation of, like, the art itself is great and meaningful, but is the does that justify the means about creating the art? Where if you don't have somebody's permission, like what's that? Does that negate the quality of what's made? Yeah, totally. Um, it's interesting. I wonder if like Taylor wasn't, I don't know if like Taylor obviously lied about giving permission um, about the lyric. So I wonder if like they were talking, would it have been different? Would they have been on better terms? And would he have asked about, you know, using her image on the wax figure. It's just like things could have turned out so differently if Taylor Swift wasn't a snake. But <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's a that's a sentence that applies to so many things in life. <laughs> uh, I, I just oh want to go in for a job yeah. interview now. Uh, have you listened to Reputation? Uh I haven't. Sorry. Uh Travis um who's not who's not here with us right now travis has and he and our like kardashian correspondent that we call her anna <laughs> did uh did an episode where they went through reputation and discussed it but i haven't listened to it oh i should listen to that because i want to know all the kanye disses but i don't want to listen to the album um and i've successfully avoided uh, any Taylor Swift so far, so feeling good about it, you know. That Don't have on a good streak, yeah. <laughs> we did one episode where we talked about the first single she released and the Kanye disses that were in that, and we did a breakdown of the disses and uh, were I, I I don't think objective necessarily in terms of like how angry we were, but <laughs> um, we have that episode that I can send you afterwards if you want to listen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a, I love that was a frustrating situation because she just kept mentioning Kanye in songs, and it's like Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I find Taylor Swift so exhausting, and I love the way Kim and Kanye ended up dragging her on National Snake Day of all days as well. It's just like. <laughs> You know, like when you watch movies like with like that are set in like high schools, like teen movies, kind of like Mean Girls, where they come up with like the perfect way to get back at someone. It's like Kim hired a writer like from Mean Girls. Was like, how do we get back at Taylor Swift? And like, okay, let's sit down. Let's find where National Snake Day is. Get all your footage together, and you're gonna drop it on Snapchat. It just like seems like such a mean teen thing to do. 
but it was perfect because Taylor had it coming, you know. Um, was you perfect. can't lie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what a, an annoying situation that was. Yeah, you'd be so frustrated um, because Taylor Swift, um, you know, is the perfect blonde pop star and Kanye has just always been, you know, the braggadocious, loud, like, rapper. So everyone was going to believe Taylor over him, you know. It was kind of like a weird situation. Um I never believed Taylor personally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She didn't have me fooled. But, yeah, it would have been so frustrating trying to do your shit right and then still having that whole thing happen. It's just kind of fucked. Yeah, especially because you would hope – I mean, I guess on the one hand it did get people talking about the album, but on the other hand, like, his first interaction with Taylor Swift almost ended his career. Yeah, totally. To then feel like you have gotten past that and to have her come out and say this now, it probably brings up some like, I don't know, a lot of angst in terms of just like, holy shit, is this about to happen again? Yeah. Yeah, like Kanye like pretty much went into hiding after the, like, um, that shit went down at the MTV Awards. And it's just like... like Oh, you're right. The angst and like, even just the muscle memory of that, of the trauma that he probably went through after that, when like yeah. pretty much the entire world was against him, would have just been a lot. Yeah, but thankfully he had Kim this time. Ah, yeah. See, the, another reason why they're the perfect couple. Yeah. <laughs> Together they teamed up and took her down. I love it. And, uh, <laughs> have you ever listened to Stand Up by John Mulaney? No, I haven't. Uh, he has this joke how he is dating a dating a jewish woman now and how empowering she is how she'll be like hey you shouldn't let this person do this to you hey this guy shouldn't talk to you like that and how john before was always just like you know you could do anything to me anything you could say anything you could just like do whatever and i'd accept it but now i'm like yeah they can't get away with that or like yeah you can't talk to me like that and it's all because (laughs) like my girlfriend tells me (laughs) how to like how to solve the situation what to do so i feel like kanye with kim she's just like no this isn't gonna happen this is what we're doing yeah totally i feel like i've seen them like kind of rub off on each other um because before kim started dating kanye she was I think she would just probably just well media trained and would never respond to things people said. And then a few years into dating Kanye, she was just like starting like Twitter beef with people. Um, and it's just like, oh, okay, this is definitely Kanye, like rubbing off onto Kim. And I love it. So I think they just like, like I said before, they just balance each other out really well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So great to see a power couple, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just imagine you're gonna write an article one day that's just like the big a big like gushing piece about Kanye and Kim's love story. <laughs> I could write a novel on it, honestly. Like <laughs> give me a month and I'll get it I'll get it done, <laughs> probably. It's, it's so beautiful. Do you uh do you have an ideal Kanye story that you'd like to write at some point? Oh damn. I don't know, there's just like Maybe one day I recently wrote um, an article 
that was kind of like a gushing piece on how I think Kanye is like someone we should all look up to, which is called How to Be a Better Person, according to Kanye West. Awesome. Um, and it was just kind of fun to write that and be like, you think all these things, but this is why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just kind of fun to do that. Um, so maybe more of that. Um, try and find new angles to do that. Because um, people have... It's because I live in my brain. I just like always think of Kanye and the things he says. I'm like, oh, so amazing, so succinct, so perfect. Um, and it's just weird that other people still see him as this like brash, like arrogant superstar. It's just so, I don't know. I find it hard to still like fathom that people still think like that. But that's just me. It's because I'm a super fan. So. <laughs> I feel like if everybody had to read like, Kanye's tw- 20 greatest tweets that all have a newfound appreciation for him. Yeah, right. I totally agree. If you just like uh, missed all the Daily Mail articles on Kanye and just actually listened to maybe 20 minutes of an interview, you'd be like, oh, he's actually all right. You know, um, he's not arrogant. He's just, he's actually really selfless in the way he speaks, which I think is really beautiful and like people miss a lot. Um, and it's really frustrating, but I'm happy to fight anyone who thinks otherwise. So, you know, <laughs> I'm always at the ready. Well, so with, uh, as much as we've talked about Kanye so far, what's your favorite Kanye moments? Uh, is it something in an interview, a concert moment, um, the Taylor Swift VMA thing is, do you have a, do you have a moment that you're just like, oh, this is my absolute number one? It's so hard because there's so many. I do love the Taylor Swift moment, um, but I love in an interview he did with Zane Lowe, I think it was like the first one, where he was talking about how like, um, so I'm obsessed with that first interview he did. It's so good. I watch it like, I try and watch it at least once a year or a couple times a year. Uh, um, And he was just talking about how people kind of like, treat him kind of badly and they're just like oh, I guess kind of the media treats him and always just like kind of responds to what he says just like who do you think you are and he's like I just told you who I am I'm a god and it's like yes you are a god Kanye like he just <laughs> I love that he never backs down he's never I guess we're all just taught so often to just be like small versions of ourselves and it's just nice to see someone who refuses who just like completely refuses to ever dull themselves down. Like he's like, fuck you. I am going to refer to myself as a God. I don't care. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, I just love that. And the Taylor Swift moment, I think are my fave moments. Definitely. I, I loved how you phrase that with just, we are taught to be small versions of ourselves. Don't dare take the safe path and seeing Kanye be himself and get the success that he's gotten really is empowering yeah totally like that's what i think i love about kanye so much and he says it himself like if you're a kanye fan you're a fan of yourself um and it's just like i'm not like i don't have a kanye west personality um i do apologize a lot i would i would never refer to myself as a god (laughs) but (laughs) sometimes after listening to yeezus you know maybe i will just like you know be like oh you know kind of be a little bit arrogance probably the wrong word maybe confident just yeah Kanye makes me want to be more confident and make me want to like 
just be that bitch, you know. He just <laughs> he makes me feel really good. And even if like you can feel like that, like five percent of the time it's really nice. So that's why I think I just like I love being a Kanye fan for that reason. It Hell feels yeah. good to be a Kanye fan. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so what uh what are, what's your top uh one, two or three Kanye albums? Okay, I'm going to say Yeezus, definitely number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard. I love them so much, like equally. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 808 is definitely my top three. Number three, though, this is the hard part. Uh, I really like it have to be between graduation <laughs> and and maybe Pablo. Nice. I don't know. Like, um, I wrote a 10 year piece on graduation last year. So I was like listening to graduation kind of nonstop for like a week or two as I wrote it. Um, and I just realized how good graduation is. I know lots of people just like graduations, like Kanye's worst album, you know, cause it's full of like it was um, inspired by U two like tour he did. Am mm. I saying that? Yeah. So like, it's really like poppy and really cheesy. But I just think, yeah, there's something really amazing about graduation, and I always go back to it, and I don't know why because, you know, I don't even like Chris Martin, but I'll listen to fucking graduation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like addicted to it. I don't know. It's like when you eat something that's kind of weird, but you're like, oh, I like. Like this. That's how I feel about graduation. <laughs> yeah. It leaves a weird taste in my mouth, but I keep going back for more. Um, and I've just been listening to it nonstop for like a few months. Hell yeah. Okay. So that, that claims your number three. What are your top three? Uh, my top three I typically goes Pablo, Yeezus, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy with Graduation at four. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's so hard. They're all so good. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah. You can make arguments for each and every one being the top. Like I, I put the college dropout at like the last position, but yeah, I completely understand anybody that has it at number one and like why it would be number one and why Pablo would be seven for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. You're totally right. Like asking for like to rank Kanye albums is almost like a redundant question. <laughs> it's like, let's just talk about why they're all good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah totally. Um, so then favorite tracks, do you have a top five favorite tracks? Okay. Yeah. So runaway is like my favorite Kanye song ever. It's perfect. The outro is amazing. It's just like, a perfect song, I think. And that's one that you had heard as a single before going back to listen to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I loved it even then, but just like I constantly go back to it. It's like I've been traveling a lot recently um, and everyone has like everyone that travels definitely has like a takeoff song and a landing song. And both my takeoff song and landing song uh, run away because <laughs> <laughs> takeoff and landing takes a long time as well, you know. So yeah. you need a good long song. And yeah, Runaway is perfect for that. 
And it's like, it's a great song to listen to when you're sad because you really get into it. You know, you can almost cry listening to it. But then it's also a great song to listen when you're like on one and like having a good time, I think, for me at least. Um, and my next fave would definitely have to be Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Ooh. Yeah, like it is so, – I don't know. There's this like bit in the song and I can't remember. I can't even – I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just like gets me in my gut. Like it's just like, oh, every time. Uh, it's just so good. I think it's like ageless. It's like perfect. Um, Black Skinhead, definitely. Yeah. And that's just like perfect song. Um, I'm going to group together Father Stretch My Hands part one and two. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> and then I'll say to round out my top five would be All of the Lights. Ooh. That's a, that's a pretty good top five. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, all of the lights. I feel like I don't know. It's insane how many people are on that track and how it just doesn't sound like a mess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just so perfect. And every time I like I DJ at a hip hop club, if I'm feeling like extra rowdy, I'll close my set with all of the lights, and every single time the room will go nuts. Hell yeah. It's like very it's it's a very weird move because it's like it's a very arrogant move to close a set with all of the lights. Very difficult for the next person to come on and DJ after you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love doing it. It's such a move. Uh, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. What are your top five? Oh, my top five. So right now, how we have them from the episodes we've done, we've covered. Yeah. Oh, geez. How many songs at this point? 76 songs. Damn, nice. And yeah. uh, my top five is currently shaped up with Real Friends at number one. Oh, such a good song. Yeah, go on. <laughs> it is, it's uh, one of my favorites. Um, Real Friends at number one, Blame Game at two, uh, Hell of a Life, Blood on the oh. Leaves, and oh, yeah. Runaway. But nice. There's one more. Wolves is going to end up in the top five. Oh, great song. Yeah, I forget about Pablo a lot and how, like, that section of, like, Real Friends, 30 Hours um, is just one of my favorite parts of that album. Just, like, real good driving music, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And when you said you went to the the movie theater and you had a smoothie, all I kept thinking about was, like, the lyrics from 30 Hours playing in my head. (laughs) Yeah, did you see that Kim posted a pic recently? Yeah. And she used that line as a caption. I was like, oh, bless, love this. Love the right. constant cross-promotion. <laughs> right? So good. She has the new eyeliner that's ultra light beams. Oh, yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, just a great power couple. They're never-ending. Um, that's right. If, if they ever break up, love officially doesn't exist. You know, that's all I have to say. On <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be so sad if that ever happens. I actually get genuinely sad thinking about, no, it's never going to happen. So I don't need to be sad about it. That's right. Stat myself out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I guess it's time for your last call. What, uh, this is is your time to give any, uh, any final thoughts you have on Kanye, any words you want to share and it's yours until yours until you give it up. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, like last year has been a rough time for Kanye and 
it's been really heartwarming to see him in photos, smiling again, you know, him taking time out just to like have a breather really from all the shit that's been going down. And all I really have to say is I'm so excited for what he's going to be releasing next. Um, like I'm nervous, but I know like I'm always like, like you said, I'm always nervous as well before Kanye drops an album, but I'm so excited to see what he's going to do next because the thing about Kanye is he always knows what trend to hop on and then just completely fuck it up and make <laughs> it the Kanye West trend. Like, no one will, like, will remember what came before. Um, and I'm excited to see how he essentially changes, I don't know, the landscape of music. That sounds so extra because I... <laughs> You know, I'm basically saying that every time Kanye drops an album, he changes the landscape of music. But yes, I'm definitely saying that. <laughs> uh, like even with Pablo, we saw like so much more like choirs and gospel in like people's performances and like songs. And with Yeezus, we saw people trying to do their own Yeezus. Um, so I'm so excited to see what he does next. And it's pretty much my last call. I'm just excited for more Kanye, you know. Even if he doesn't release an album, say, like, the worst thing happens and he doesn't, he's just going to keep doing incredible things, whether it's with fashion. You know, he's just always cooking up something amazing. And I just, I hope it never stops. I love him so much. <laughs> That's my last call. <laughs> <laughs>